Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Education Leadership and Beyond. This is Andrew Murata, and this is show number 10. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for tuning in on this Saturday morning. We are on Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY, and 94.1 FM, 94.9 FM, 105.7 FM, 106.1 FM. 1340 AM and 101.5 FM HD2 Wall Radio. And today's guest coming up in the next segment is going to be Becky Fedorik, Port Jervis High School French teacher and this year's summer school principal. And we'll be talking leadership with her, teaching with her, and uh, how she's done in her first uh, administrative role. So we're going to get started here on the show. And one of the things, again, we're on show number 10 that I've been working on is my ums and ahs. Uh, I'm here in the studio with Gavin Bird, and Gavin is the producer and editor, and and he helps clean all those things out. Uh, But if you're involved with radio, if you're a public speaker and you have a tip for me, hit me up on Twitter, at AndrewMurata21, or email in the show, Andrew at NeverSyncMediaGroup.com. But I am going to work on that today and try to cut out all the ums and ahs and Gavin, I want you to keep track of those today. And before you hit the delete button, we want to uh, get a, uh, a track on the ums and the ahs out there. Well, just don't cut out too many of them because then I'm going to turn into the Maytag repairman. <laughs> but in my own practice and, and listening to uh, different podcasts uh, that I hope to have some of these guests coming on, one of them is the uh, Good Dad Project is one I listen to. And another one is the uh, Tim Ferriss Experiment. And they don't have a lot of ums and ahs, so I'm going to work on that uh, starting with today's show. And again, coming up in the next segment is summer school principal Becky Fedorik. But today's topic in our first session here, uh, we're going to talk about a book uh, that my administrative team read this summer, my chair people at the high school read this summer, and something I believe that we're going to work with at the high school. It's called Teach Like a Pirate by Dave Burgess, and I want to highlight a few of the points in the book. And if you're listening at home on this Saturday and you have your coffee and you, you, you're not an educator and you say, oh, man, I don't want to hear about this book, well, just hang on before you uh, click that radio off because Teach Like a Pirate not only has a lot of things for teachers and educators, but it also has a lot of tips and uh, great things in for your life, whatever your role is, uh, certainly if you are a leader. But again, the name of the book is called Teach Like a Pirate, uh, Increase Student Engagement, Boost Your Creativity, and Transform Your Life as an Educator. So if you are an educator, if you are an administrator at a school, maybe uh, take a look at that book, reach out, and and, uh, before the summer's over, it's a quick read. It'll only take a, a few hours. So in a couple of the past shows, we've had acronyms, and yes, PIRATE is an acronym. Get your pen, get your paper, move your coffee over, and again, teach like a pirate. We'll start with P for uh, in pirate, and that is passion. I is immersion. The R is rapport. The A is ask and analyze. The T is transformation, and the E is enthusiasm. Now, we don't have time to go through the whole book, Um, But we will touch on a couple of the topics, and 
one of the things Dave Burgess does, the author, author he is huge on Twitter. So if you do put in the hashtag, uh, hashtag T-L-A-P, T-L-A-P, uh, you will have a ton of resources and a ton of educators getting involved, talking and sharing ideas about the Teach Like a Pirate. A couple of the things I highlighted was uh, one of the chapters in the book under Ask and Analyze, and uh, Dave Burgess writes six words. It's easy for you. You're creative. Dave talks about that uh, teachers have said that to him. Different people have said that to him about his creativity in the classroom and all the things he does in the classroom. And he makes the point like those ideas and those tactics and those things he does, they don't just drop into his lap. He puts the time in. He works his tail off to come up with those ideas and to come up with those creative things. He goes to flea markets. He goes to uh, costume stores. He, wherever he is, he's thinking about his classroom and getting ideas and taking uh, those ideas with him into the classroom. So it's not easy for him and it's not creative. Uh, he, he is creative, but he has to work at it. So that bothers him when he talks about that. And uh, I want to share a quick story. I used to teach in Staten Island. I taught at the high school level and the middle school level. And when I was teaching middle school science, speaking about creativity, uh, I used to like to have props in my classroom. And I was teaching about invertebrates. And I went down to the local fish market and I got a squid. It wasn't alive, uh, you know, so it certainly smelt like a squid. Uh, and I did do a lesson with it. I had the kids smell it, look at it, touch it. And uh, uh, on my free period, I ran through the hallways and I had the squid up and I ran into a couple of the classrooms. And uh, in one of the classrooms, you know, all the kids were screaming, ah, you know, uh, and I was going to see them later in the day. I tripped and the squid and I went into the blackboard and I like slopped the squid all over the blackboard. Uh, and for the rest of the year, and, and you know, I had kids years later say, Mr. Murata, I could still smell that squid from the classroom because the, the guts and the, and the juice from the squid went all over the place. But when we were talking about invertebrates, they got to feel the squid, uh, touch the squid, and certainly smell the squid. And that's one of the things that Dave Burgess is talking about in Teach Like a Pirate, getting those uh, props and making those lessons interesting. Another uh, portion of the book uh, that I wanted to talk about was transformation. It's on page 63, and it's under that section of transformation. And if you have children and you're listening to the show, you'll, you'll certainly identify with this portion uh, of the book. I won't read the whole thing, but he's talking about reframing. When something happens in the classroom, maybe it's a topic kids you know might not be into, but Dave takes... Um, things that happen in the classroom and he transforms them. He reframes them for the students. So he talks about, uh, he's out with his children. They're at a, a birthday party and it's for six year olds and all the kids are lining up and they're getting uh, different things. You put, you put the quarter in and the small plastic uh, dome comes out and there's a little, a little a gift in there. So the first boy uh, gets a T-Rex and he opens it and he's rawr, and he's running around showing kids and all the boys are all pumped up. The second boy does it. He takes out the little clear dome and he gets a, a dinosaur tattoo. And the boy's father runs off and they put it on his arm and he's flexing and showing all his friends. And then Dave's son, Hayden, goes up 
and he gets a gold chain uh, with a, a pink heart on it. What does it say here? He gets a gold a gold bracelet and a heart on it. And he quickly sees it, thinking his, his, his son is going to start crying, like, oh, my God, he got, you know, girl's jewelry. And quickly it popped into his head, and Dave yelled out, pirate treasure. And he grabbed it. His son grabbed it from him and went off yelling, yeah, pirate treasure, and acting like a pirate. And in that moment, Dave Burgess quickly reframed that situation and turned a negative into a positive uh, in, that, in that situation in, in, in the book here. Uh, he talks about rapport. There is a big uh, portion on rapport and talks about how important it is that before you get to the content about building rapport and all you educators out there listening to the show, I know you're thinking about those first few days of school, the routine you'll go through, the new students you'll have. What have they heard about your class? What do they know about you? Well, those first few days are extremely important. And, and in the book, again, Teach Like a Pirate, hashtag T-L-A-P, Dave goes into how important it is to build rapport with your students, how important it is that they know that you care about them, not only in those seats, but also uh, outside and in those hallways and their families, that you care about them and that you know about them. So again, we're talking about Teach Like a Pirate, uh, this morning, and that pirate stands for passion, immersion, rapport, ask and analyze, transformation, and enthusiasm. Uh, we've talked about having enthusiasm in your job as a leader, in your role as a parent, in your role in your work about uh, being very enthusiastic, and that enthusiasm is contagious. The last uh, part of the book I want to touch on, and then we're going to get to today's guest, Becky Fedorik, French teacher at the high school and the summer school principal. She's coming up next. Is He has a section in the book talking about engaging the lessons and, and making the lessons engaging. He calls it, Welcome to the Barbecue. Think about what you do when you have people over to your home for dinner, especially in the summer in a barbecue. You certainly check in with them. Is there, is, you know, is there people vegetarian? Does so-and-so not eat red meat? Um, are they gluten-free? All that kind of stuff. You check in with your guests because you want them to like the meal. If you're cooking a steak, you, you ask them how they want it done. You season the steak. You do all kinds of things to prepare it. You put music on. You get the umbrellas out. You get the setting right. Well, Dave goes into a whole thing in the book about doing that for your classes. You don't just serve someone the meal and here it is and expect them to like it. You certainly wouldn't serve them a raw steak with no seasoning on it. And he goes into that, uh, and I identified with that portion of the book and, and it puts it into perspective as a teacher, we want to prepare that lesson and tailor make it for those kids to make it as interesting. And if, again, you're talking about steak, as juicy and tasty as possible. So those are just a couple highlights uh, of the book, Teach Like a Pirate. And again, if you're an educator, go out there and grab it. If you've read it, maybe look at it again before school starts. Uh, and uh, here at Port Jervis, we are going to uh, be looking at that during the year. And if you're on Twitter, certainly hit me up, Andrew Murata 21 And if you want to follow or learn about Teach Like a Pirate, the hashtag is hashtag TLAP. We're going to take a commercial break, and coming up next is our summer school principal and French teacher at Port Jervis High School, Becky Fedorik. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. 
welcome back, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, show number 10, and this is Andrew Murata, your host. And next up, today's guest is summer school principal principal, and French teacher at the high school, Becky Fedorik. Becky, welcome to the program. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me on. And Becky selected the shows for today. It's always hard to cut off those great songs, and uh, I got yelled at for singing on the radio, but Cindy Lauper and... You have a nice 80s selection, Miss Fedor. 80s is where it's at. Yeah. So I know you wanted to give a couple shout outs. I know three of your biggest fans are listening this morning. Uh, certainly your husband, uh, Jamie Fedoric, and there's two little people listening. Yes. I have my son, Aiden, and my daughter, Isabel. I want to say good morning. They're very excited to know that I'm going to be on the radio. Well, and we're excited to have you. And as I stated, Miss Fedoric, you're, you're doing your first round. Uh, of administrative work. You did your administrative internship with us at Port Jervis, and uh, you jumped in the pool this summer as summer school principal. But I want to start off with your teaching. You're a French teacher at the high school. And uh, what brought you to Port Jervis, and, and how long you, have you been with us, Miss Fedor? This is my ninth year at Port Jervis. I had been teaching in the Binghamton area for about five or six years, and then I met my husband, or would become husband. Uh, he's from this area, graduate of Port Jervis High School. And once we started dating and eventually got engaged, I decided to move back to Orange County is where I'm originally from as well. And uh, you never judge a book by its cover, but certainly when we saw your resume, we saw your last name. Now your last name is Fedoric, but if uh, uh, you had a French teacher and her last name was Jezekel, Jezekel, you would say, wow, but we, we saw that name, and uh, certainly when we met you, uh, you know, we hired you because you're a dynamic uh, and energetic teacher. Um, but growing up with the name Jezekiel, like, did you speak French in your home, and were your parents French? And, and tell me about that. Sure, yeah. My dad was from France. He was raised in France, moved to the United States as a young adult, and um, met my mother who is not French, but does have a gift for languages and picked up French pretty easily. So a lot of French was spoken around our house growing up. My sisters and I weren't purposefully taught French. I think my dad was kind of of the mindset that he was an American now and we speak English now. So I think my parents used it a lot when we were really little to talk about things they didn't want us to know. Um, which probably fueled my fire to learn about it more. Uh, and then, uh, so we always heard it. We picked up little things. There were certain catchphrases we always said in French at home. Uh, and once I started taking it in school, I really um, I really latched onto it and just fell in love with the language and started to study it more and more seriously. And when did it click for you that you knew, like, hmm, I could really teach this. I really, I'm into this. I would say, well, I've, I had always wanted to be a teacher since I could ever remember. It's the only thing I ever considered. When I was young in elementary school, I thought I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. But probably by the time I was in eighth grade, I knew I was going to be a French teacher. Well, you certainly are one of our top teachers. You, you teach with passion and enthusiasm. And you, you heard the, uh, the, the first portion of the program. Not only am I working in my ums and ahs today, but more importantly, talking about Teach Like a Pirate. Becky, I know you read that book this summer as well. What was something in the book that identified with you? And uh, what were some of the things in Teach Like a Pirate that I know you do, And but, but things that identified with you in the book? 
I would say probably one of the things that stuck out to me most was the talk about rapport. And a huge part of the book was dedicated to that. Uh, And I feel like as a teacher, as an administrator, as a friend, rapport is really so huge in developing relationships and working with people that I I really felt like that was a super important part of the book. Um, he also talked about five things that can hold us back from, you know, starting new things or chasing new ideas, uh, fear of failure, um, perfectionism, and all five of the things he lifts. I won't necessarily go through all five of them, but I really thought that he nailed it talking about things that really do hold people back from their potential. And he talked about ways to conquer some of those things. He also talks about a lot of the hooks of learning and and the passion and enthusiasm. And uh, I don't know how many of our listening audience or your students who get to see you teach and are part of your class, but you're a super dynamic teacher and there's always energy and enthusiasm. What do you think, Ms. Fedoric, makes great teaching? Um, and, and what are some of the things that you try to, to do in your class to be a great teacher? I think probably I would say for, for a teacher, the relationships you build with your students and how you draw them in to whatever it is you want to teach, whether it's French for me or math for someone else, if you don't develop relationships with your students, get to know what they're interested in, um, things outside of the classroom, seeing their games, all of those things help in in the classroom. And I do also feel that when it comes to my students, storytelling, bringing my own person, sharing my personal life with them, telling them stories about my children, that also really helps to develop that kind of rapport that we need in the classroom to keep it interesting. You know, and, and one of the, the things in the book, Teach Like a Pirate, uh, he asked the question, you know, the rhetorical questions, if kids did not have to be in your class, would they be there? And, you know, foreign language, a requirement for graduation is only one year. Yet in level two, level three, and in the college levels, our foreign language classes are full and, and bursting with students because they want to be there because you and your staff uh, of the foreign language department have developed those relationships and that's in that rapport. Uh, those kids like being there. Ms. Fedoric, on the show, Education, Leadership, and Beyond, we talk about a lot of different topics and, and we've had educators on, administrators. Um, we talked last week with my friend Tim Ebersall about getting our students college and career ready. How do, how do the students use foreign language you know, going to the next level of education? And do you work with them on on how and what they can do with the gift of language uh, when they're with you? I sure do. I think the kids see right away how they can reap the benefits of taking a foreign language because be it French or Spanish, whatever language they take, they all come from a Latin root. So when they go to take their SATs, for example, I can't tell you how many students come back to me and say, well, they recognize the root word of something in English because of their French. Or even, um, you know, I feel like sometimes I teach more English than French in my classes with the grammar and picking it apart. So a lot of times I hear the kids say, uh, well, geez, madame, you know, you really taught me probably just as much English as you have French over the years. So I do think that they see the value in that. Uh, I do also feel like the more they get out 
we, if students come back from a trip to New York City, for example, and they'll tell me they heard someone speaking French, or sometimes they really, you know, they get up their courage to throw a little French out there. Um, and that's really nice. And they, they, they're really proud of themselves that they can handle those kind of situations. And, and I think it, it grows from there. Becky, you know, you have a very structured class and, and you, your routine is, is, is so strong and the kids know what to do and you train them. Why is that important of, of having, having structure in the classroom? And, you know, where did you learn that? And, where, you know, why did, where did you get that uh, habit of doing that? I, I do run a very structured classroom. And I think that not just kids, but we as human beings really thrive on routine and structure. Uh, I know that a lot of my students, it puts their anxiety at ease. They have high anxiety walking into a foreign language classroom, not wanting to speak French or sound silly or not know the answer or say something wrong. So knowing the routine and the setup and how things are going to go, what they're going to be expected to do, really helps to put their anxiety at ease, their fears. Um, and that's that's really my goal in making such a structured classroom for my students, um, I just feel like it, it makes everyone feel more relaxed. And and making them feel relaxed and comfortable, you, you have them speaking out loud. You have each student speak to open the class. How do you get them the, the confidence to do that? I mean, there's some kids, not only are they shy and quiet by themselves, speaking another language out loud, how, how do you get them to, to participate? And again, he mentions in the book about energy and, and engagement. You know, you do that. How do you do that? So every class I open with um, what I call a do now. So it's typically an open-ended question, and each student goes around and reports out one by one. So I always intro. I model the question and answer for them. I know the students and their strengths and weaknesses. So the students that I worry maybe aren't quite sure how to answer I'll have them write it down. I'll seek. I'll I'll wander over possibly and look over their shoulder and help them one on one quickly. Have them pair up with a neighbor to help each other. I want to make sure before I get started that every single student feels confident with what they're going to say because I don't want them to be put on the spot and feel embarrassed that they don't know what to say. Or so I troubleshoot that ahead of time. They don't have any ums and ahs when they're they're going. Not too many. <laughs> Uh, well, Becky, you, you know, again, the foreign language department is booming. It's one of our most successful departments. And you're following a long line of leaders, great teachers uh, in the foreign language department, people like Linda Onifrey, Diane Dynan, Joan Trivellino before you, you know, have really cemented that department. And you have a, a, a great uh, tradition and uh, a great following. Right, we have one more question, Ms. Fedor, before uh, we take a break here. And this is the, one of my interview questions, and we've interviewed and uh, it's a it's a question that we like to ask people because I think it says a lot about them. You know, you you have a great job, you have a beautiful family. Besides your job and your family, what is something that you're most proud of in your life? I think when I look at my life, uh, I probably am most proud of my goal setting abilities and the the strength at which I put for, forward to achieve those goals. I'm constantly setting a goal, and I'm very rarely um, diverted from it. I, I know where I want to be. I know where I'm headed, and I don't let anything get in my way. That's a great answer. 
Thank you. And we're going to talk about one of those goals, you you know, getting your administrative license, and now you're getting that administrative experience, and you're doing a great job in, in summer school. So we're going to touch on that uh, when we come back. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. We are on Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY, and Wall Radio. We'll be right back with our um, – Elma said Jesse – We'll be right back with our guest, Becky Fedorik, on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. And welcome back, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond with Andrew Murata. This is show number 10 with my guest, Becky Fedork. And I asked Gavin to replay that song, Jesse's Girl. And you shared a funny story about your, your maiden name, uh, Miss Fedork. Go ahead and repeat that story on the air. Sure. So my maiden name is Jezekiel. And whenever I would meet someone new or there would be a substitute at school, they would always flip my name around and turn Jessica into Jessica. So they would either call me like, hey, Jess or Jesse or Jessica. And I would be like, um, that's not my name at all. So that's a pretty common mistake. And then Rick Springfield uh, wrote that song for you. And uh, <laughs> we're getting a lot of positive feedback from the show. Uh, one of the feedback is don't sing on the air, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> but it's hard not to sing these great 80s songs. And again, Miss uh, Fedoric uh, selected the music for today's show. Uh, Becky Fedoric is uh, our French teacher at the high school, and she's also our summer school principal. And a couple of years ago, she got her administrative license, and she worked closely with the high school administration. And this is her first uh, job in administration running summer school. Miss Fedoric, we just t- spoke about your classroom teaching. What, what made you get your administrative license, and, and you know, what, why did you want to do that? Um, I think since uh, the very beginning, when I first became a teacher, I always knew that that would be one of the goals that I had in mind. Uh, I just felt like I I had good ideas, and I, I wanted to be there to support my colleagues, to support children, and that that would really be a direction that I would be interested in going. So I've I have strengthened a lot of my convictions and and. And I, I just felt like that was something I really wanted to bring to uh, a school setting. Mr. Ricard, our assistant principal, was on uh, the show a couple of weeks ago, and he told the story of when he said, well, I miss teaching. And I reminded him, I said, well, you, you're teaching every day. You're, you're teaching the adults, you know. And uh, that's something that uh, I think you're going to do a great job um, when you get the opportunity. Ms. Fedoric, what is something that you learned in the classes you had to take for administration that you thought was helpful to you? And what is something that you learned by doing the job here for a couple of months now in the summer? I would say in the classroom, we always talked a lot about collaboration. And I do feel really strongly that collaboration is key to success. We are not an island. I I often, this is my first foray into administration, and I have questions, and I need a team behind me that can support me and help me. Uh, along the way. And and so I do feel like when it comes to collaboration, the classes were pretty on point. It's, it's key. Um, probably something I learned more on the job is time management. I've always been a pretty good time manager. 
but I see now more than ever that you really have to have the ability to manage your time well. Any, you know, things crop up all day long and there's paperwork that needs to be done. There's students that need to be seen. A parent's calling and wants to talk to you. So it's really key to learn how to manage your time and fit everything in, prioritize. Otherwise, I could see how easily one could be swamped and, and really overloaded. And that's interesting you say that, Ms. Fedork. You know, last week's show on education, leadership, and beyond. And, and if you missed the shows, if you didn't listen live, you're only catching half. They are on demand on the app, Country 107.7 or uh, 106.9 WYNY or Wall Radio. They are on the app on demand. That was last week's topic was about using your time as a commodity and really scheduling it. And again, that is something you learn and and. We've gotten great feedback with your job uh, at, at summer school. When you think about teaching, Ms. Fedorik, and, and we don't know when that's going to be when you take an administrative job, what do you think you're going to miss most about the classroom? I do think the most missed aspect of the classroom will be my interactions with my students every day. They keep me in the loop about so many things. They, they're they just so fun to be around. They make every day different for me. And and I think I will miss that a lot. Yeah, and certainly when they're, you know, they're your students, right? And you have your routine and your thing. And, um, when you look at administratively, you know, you go from 100, 150 students till you'll have 1,000 students. And mm-hmm. uh, it's certainly a challenge to get them to know them as well. Ms. Fedork, again, the name of the show is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Uh, one of the things uh, as an administrator, as a leader, you make mistakes, you know, as a teacher, you've made mistakes. As a parent, we've made mistakes. You know, what is something that you feel that you, you, you've made an error or you didn't do so well as an administrator here? Um, and, and and how did you correct that? Uh, a situation comes immediately to mind. There was a particular student that a lot of accommodations were made so this student could attend summer school. Uh, in the in and in return. The student had to hold up their end of the the deal that they would arrive every day on time and put forth a good effort. And weeks went by and we weren't really seeing the effort on the part of the student, even though huge strides were made on the part of the teachers and the administration to keep this student uh, coming every day and, and to try to get the student to earn some credits in summer school. Uh, and... I could see as time was going on that something had to be done. We just couldn't keep going along, dragging this student who really wasn't holding up their end of the bargain. So I felt I felt bad because the teachers uh, that I placed, you know, of, of the teachers of this student were really trying to make a good faith effort, and really the student was just falling way behind and and kind of being disrespectful at the same time. So I saw, in hindsight, I probably should have drawn up some sort of a contract, had, you know, the student's parents in the loop so that it wasn't all falling onto the shoulders of the teachers every mm-hmm. single day. You know, it's got to be a give and a take. And and that was a an error I saw I made, and I tried my best to rectify it. Um, but those are the things, I guess, that, you know, I'll learn along the way. And that's a hard balance, that is, because you want to help the kid. You want what's best for the kid, but they have to want it. And, uh, you know, I certainly have been there, and, and you want to give those kids chances. And, and 
I hear you. So mm. those are things that we struggle with, uh, trying to make the best decisions for kids. Ms. Fedorik, again, you're learning a lot about leadership, and, and this show is about leadership and not only education, uh, educators, um, but you know, in your opinion, and you're, you're a budding leader and you're a leader in your family, in the classroom, what are some characteristics of a, of a leader that you think are important um, that you see in and around your life, uh, whether it's in school or outside of school? Some important characteristics are flexibility, good communication skills, the ability to remain calm even when you are surrounded by chaos, um, to, to be able to think clearly and see the bigger picture rather than got, get caught up in emotions. I, says it, I think it, it, it says a lot to be able to take a step back, uh, not always react or answer in the moment, take some time to reflect and, and maybe make a better decision. Those are great things. I just jotted them down. I got four four more weeks of topics with your answer there, um, but one of them, uh, Becky, that, that you know, it hit home. And as you know, I have a book coming out this fall called "The Principle: Surviving and Thriving," and, and one of the tips in that in that book is about having the line ready. Can I have some time to think on that, or can you give me a minute to to reflect on that? Because the people want an answer right away, and the situation needs to be addressed right away, but you don't have a second to let alone use the bathroom, make a decision, and and that that's a hard thing. So that's a that's a great answer uh, uh, with that. That being said, what's the other side, uh, Miss Fedork? Those are some strong characteristics, and again, you said flexibility, calmness, ability to see the big picture, and the ability to have a little pause. Um, what are some what are some things uh, that leaders do that that might drive you crazy? Again, it might be in school, it might be out of school, it might be me, uh, <laughs> you know. But what are some things that you see that people in leadership positions do that that get under your skin or or, or, or bother you? I think micromanaging is a huge negative. Uh, leaders have to whatever your leadership position is, you have to know that you have a good team behind you and that they're capable to handle the tasks that need to be handled. Um, I think if, if that's not the case, then it's a different issue. But I feel like micromanaging and, and breathing down people's necks and trying to control their environment constantly is not helpful to anyone. It's stressful to the person trying to, to micromanage as well as to the people being micromanaged. I also think that lack of a communication is a huge negative. Um, people like to, just like my student, it comes back to when I'm in my classroom, I want my students to know exactly what's expected of them the moment they walk in that door. Uh, and there is something to be said for the element of surprise in certain situations, and, and that can add a lot. But in general, people like to know what's expected to be in the loop. And and when something important is riding on your decisions, for students, it might be their grades, for teachers, it might be policies that they're going to have to, you know, handle. People don't really like to be surprised. They want to be in the know, and I think communication with them is key. Those are great answers, micromanagement and communication. And uh, we talked about uh, a couple of shows ago about in, in 2017, there are so many ways to communicate and, and, and with one another, and that's great. Um, speaking about timing and, and communication, uh, and you mentioned time management earlier. You you had the question come to you pretty quickly about 
accepting the job to work summer school. Why don't you share that story and and how did you get to to, to get that role this this year? Sure, um, I was unaware that the position was unfilled until well into June um, when I was approached uh, informally by you and then again by um, our now retired assistant superintendent for instruction, Mrs. Benedict, that the position was in fact not filled and if I would be interested in applying for it. So I did feel like it was a position I had interest in, but I was concerned on the other side. I hadn't set up for childcare for my kids, who are only five and six for the summer. And should so, be listening to the show attentively that's today. Right, that's right. So I was worried that, you know, if I accept the position, what will happen at home? And it was going to be a lot of shuffling and, and readjusting. So after talking to my husband, Jamie, who is so incredibly supportive, um, he knows that this is a dream of mine and moving into educational leadership is is a direction that I really want to take. And he's done everything he possibly can to help me in that direction. Um, he said, well, you know what? If this is really what you want to do, then you should, you should accept the position or, or apply and or accept the position. And, you know, we'll work the rest out. I have a, an incredible support team at home. Um, my mother-in-law, Linda Fedoric, uh, I lean on more times than I can count in a day, be it I need an extra egg for, you know, breakfast or I need someone to watch the kids all morning long now that I'm at summer school. And, you know, she really steps up and, and helps us as a team. Team Fedoric. Yes. <laughs> and we're thrilled you uh, you took that job. And, and again, you had to make a quick decision, but you... You went for it. You talked about goal setting, and, and you saw an opportunity. Uh, there's a great quote. You know, it's not the uh, not how great the opportunity is, but how great you are to the opportunity. And uh, you certainly seized it. And one of our roles as school leaders is to identify future leaders and try to support them and, and help them. So, kudos to you and your family, uh, Miss Fedoric, for for stepping up and you're doing a great job at summer school. We have our graduation coming up on the. 18th, right? We have uh, a lot of summer school graduates uh, this summer. Uh, So we do have to take a break, uh, Ms. Fedoric, and uh, uh, we appreciate you being on. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY, and Wall Radio. We'll be right back with our guest, Becky Fedoric. Welcome back, everyone, to Education, Leadership, and Beyond. This is Andrew Murata, and my guest today, Becky Fedoric. Uh, she's the French teacher at the high school, as well as the summer school principal. She's done a great job on the show today. We are on Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY, and Wall Radio. This portion of the show, uh, people listening can uh, write in via email Andrew at NeverSyncMediaGroup.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter at AndrewMarada21. Again, a quick recap of today's show. We talked about Teach Like a Pirate, written by Dave Burgess. Dave is a now uh, educational consultant. He runs his own publishing company, and uh, we're going to talk in the future about Lead Like a Pirate, but that's an acronym for Passion, Immersion, Rapport, Ask and Analyze, 
transformation and enthusiasm and about bringing it in the classroom. And today's guest uh, certainly brings it in the classroom uh, in Port Jervis. Ms. Fedorik, as I stated, this is a write-in portion where listeners can uh, send in a couple questions. So we have a couple questions for you. Uh, the first one is about, again, we touched on it, but what are some of the things uh, in the foreign language department that the teachers do to prepare the kids that want to go into a field of foreign language? And, and how do you prepare those students for, for the, the real world and with foreign language? When we see a student that has a particular interest or strength in foreign language, in order to help them cultivate it, obviously, first and foremost, we encourage them to continue on throughout their entire high school career with foreign language. We also recommend oftentimes that they pick up a second language. Many students, by the time they're juniors or seniors, have flexibility in their schedule to pick up an elective. So, for example, we had a student graduate two years ago, and he knew he wanted to be a French teacher. We encouraged him early on to start taking Spanish classes as well, just to make him more marketable. Um, we work with guidance to be sure when students are looking for colleges that they choose a school that has a good study abroad program. Any student that would want to continue on and, and study language in any capacity would most likely, typically the most popular thing to do is junior year to do a semester abroad um, just to really enhance the the fluency of language and and the immersion of culture and we just had a student a couple of years ago they went in their first semester of college right off the bat they talking about immersion they, they jumped right in correct that's right as a matter of fact i i, I know exactly who you're talking about and i spoke he's with local he won't mind a, mr wilson mr yeah. wilson yeah. i i spoke with him he's been working uh, as a substitute at summer school and he's about to embark on his second study abroad back to France this fall, uh, as well as incorporating whatever travel he can. I know he's set to to go to Costa Rica the following summer and just really to broaden horizons and, and use the language wherever you can. He's going to be a great uh, foreign language teacher, motivated and uh, uh, taught by our, our people. Mm-hmm. Ms. Fedork, I have a, a second question for you. Uh, again, a lot of teachers are listening. Uh, some might be on the fence about what does it take, not only do, what does it take for the to do the job, which you talked about today, but what did you have to do to get the license? How long was it? Uh, how, you know, how many hours? How many classes? That kind of stuff. Uh, what What is the administrative license like, and how long was that process uh, in total for you? Sure. Um, well, the program that I did was through Long Island University, and they had two tracks, a certification program or a second master's degree. So you'd either need to take 30 or 36 credit hours. Um, most of the courses were held in Middletown, actually at the high school, so it was convenient. And um, after completing all of the coursework, I was on a, a fast track program. So I completed the program coursework in 18 months. And during the last six months of that 18-month program, I began my internship working with you mainly at the high school. And um, I believe it was 450 intern hours I needed to have logged. So that took, you know, probably seven or eight months 
to to do that while I was working full time. We love having interns. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to the intern. Delegate. And um, and then there were a couple state exams to to take and pass as well. So that was also a lengthy process, uh, a building leader exam with two parts and a district leader exam with two parts. So there's definitely a lot a lot of of requirements and a lot of pieces of that puzzle. Well, uh, and again, you're g- gaining valuable experience uh, here at summer school and that's on your resume and we know when the right fit uh, comes, it, it's going to work and, and you're going to do a great job. So uh, we have a quote before we, uh, we, a couple of quotes for you before we end the show and we try to tailor the music to, to our guests, allowing them to select the music and we try to tailor the quotes to the topic of the day as well as uh, to the person. So we have two quotes for you. If you're at home, grab your pen. If you're on the computer, you want to you wanna pull them up. Uh, but they're from uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, LBJ, as he finally knows. So, Ms. Fedorik, sometimes as an administrator, you can't win. No matter what you do, you can't win. So here's the quote from Lyndon B. Johnson. It sa- he said many years ago, if one morning I walked on top of the water across the Potomac, the headline that afternoon would read, President can't swim. <laughs> so I thought that was very humorous uh, going into the world of administration and, and school leadership. Sometimes you just can't win. Mm. Uh, the second one, again, is valuing educators like yourself uh, and the many educators in Port Jervis dedicated to our students. Again, Lyndon B. Johnson. We have always believed that our people can stand on no higher ground than the school ground or can enter no more, any more hopeful room than a classroom. We blend time and faith and knowledge in our schools, not only to create educated citizens, but also to shape the destiny of this great nation. And you're one of those educators doing that, Ms. Fedorik. So we appreciate you uh, being on the show today, Education, Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Tune in next week. My guest will be college professor and my sister, Suzanne Carbonero. And if you'd like a preview, she's a huge Yankee person, a huge Yankee fan. She writes a blog uh, for the Yankees on bleedingyankeeblue.com. And she's Susie Prof. So you can follow her on Twitter uh, or check her out on Bleeding Yankee Blue. That's next week's guest coming up, Suzanne Carbonero. Uh, This is Andrew Murata on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you to Ms. Fedorik. Go out and change the world for the better. Have a great weekend, everyone.